Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down the NFL Week 15 betting slate, ATS picks, player props, all sorts of stuff. Uh, we're going to get right into it, so let's dive in. We begin, as always, with a brief recap of this past week. We were 1-1. One one. We gave out two big picks this past week. I gave out the Lions money line. I was all over them. That was a win for us. Unfortunately, our second pick was the Browns. The Browns ended up sort of showing out the same way I thought they would two weeks ago. Deshaun Watson is struggling. He's not the guy we saw two years ago. Uh, if you take off 700 days of football, it turns out there is some, some learning curve to getting back into it. Playing quarterback at the NFL level is not easy to, to do, obviously, uh, and to see Deshaun Watson struggle is not all that shocking to me or most people. Unfortunately, I still bet on him this week. A lesson learned. I won't be doing that, uh, at least for the rest of the season, just because it doesn't feel good, either betting on him or betting against him right now. I mean, it's a little fun to bet against him because I think he's a scumbag, but despite that, there's just no money to be made here. It's it's a tricky situation because I know as soon as we bet against uh, Deshaun Watson, we start fading him, he's going to just kick us in the teeth. So for now, uh, I learned my lesson there. I don't want to spend too much time recapping this past week's games because we have such a packed slate this week. Uh, first week in a long time with no buys. It is a loaded slate, three Saturday games, full Sunday slate, and a Thursday game. It's exciting. Let's jump into our week 15 NFL picks. Starting, as always, with Thursday Night Football, we have the San Francisco 49ers on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. The 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road here, coming off an absolute shellacking of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady looked terrible. One of the worst games I've ever seen him play in his entire career, just not a pleasurable viewing experience. One of the few times in Brady's career that his game has been switched off because his team is getting blown out so bad. Truly shocking, appalling, uh, crazy situation here. Now they go on the road against the Seahawks team that is coming off a bad, embarrassing loss to a Panthers team that is maybe not dead. Uh, Steve Wilkes has these guys playing pretty hard. Sam Darnold looked frisky last week. More importantly, the Panthers are a really good running team. They're emerging as this team that sort of controls the ball with their run game. They have some playmakers on defense. They've always had those guys. And shockingly, at least to me, this Panthers team just won't really go away. I have not wanted anything to do with betting on this Panthers team the past couple weeks, uh, but they took care of business against a Seahawks team that I've been high on all year. I've been high on Geno Smith. I've been high on Pete Carroll, and the Seahawks just dropped that one. Maybe it was a bit of a look ahead. Uh, the over-under in this game set at 43 and a half. Thursday night football, you guys know I don't love to bet it because so much weird stuff happens. Doubly so if it is a divisional matchup. But this is the exception of the rule here because Seattle right now, to me, feels like a team that's being undervalued because they laid an egg against a Panthers team that is kind of frisky. Uh, now they get to come back home, host a divisional rival, host a team that is still being quarterbacked by Brock Purdy. I understand Brock Purdy has looked really good. Uh, he looks really comfortable within this system, but this is still this guy's third NFL game. We're talking about Mr. Relevant here. We're not talking about a superstar level quarterback. Uh, these guys who often come off the bench at quarterback uh, and start off really hot, very frequently start to, to come back to earth within their third or fourth game when the tape starts getting out there for them. Uh, defenses start to exploit their weaknesses. The, the reason that, that some of these guys drop in the draft or they're not starter-level players is they have these weaknesses that once you see it on tape, they struggle to adjust to. So 
I think this is a prime opportunity for the Seahawks to cut down that divisional lead by the Niners. Uh, They need this game. They need this game to keep in contention for a playoff spot. It's a must-win game for the Seahawks. For that reason, I want the Seahawks plus three and a half. I want them on the money line. This is going to be one of my big plays this week. I'm keen to bet the Seahawks here. It feels like a get-right spot. They were probably looking ahead to this big-time divisional matchup this week. That's part of the reason why they dropped an ugly loss to the Panthers. But for now, give me the Seahawks plus three and a half. Money line, I'm all over it. I'm fading Brock Purdy. I'm fading the Niners at a time when everyone's going to be all over them. The public's going to love the Niners here. So give me the Seahawks. Moving on, we have a three-pack of games on Saturday. Uh, We get first up the Indianapolis Colts at the Minnesota Vikings at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, The Colts are four-point underdogs on the road against the Vikings. Why are the Vikings only four-point favorites against a Colts team that has looked half dead? I don't understand it. Uh, the Vikings are 10 and three, but at this point, every advanced metric is saying they're the worst 10 and three team, maybe of all time. Uh, it never looks easy for them. They're coming off a loss where the Vikings kind of just gave it to them front to back. Uh, they couldn't stop anyone. This defense has been a little bit suspect of late. The Vikings offense actually impressed me this past week. They made some really, really crazy plays. Uh, Kirk Cousins especially was impressive. Guy throws for 400 yards. Looks incredible doing it. Uh, He was just slinging the ball all over the yard. Over-under in this game set at 47. Every week, I look at the Vikings line. I look at their ATS, the the spread here, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Over the last couple weeks, we've sort of benefited from that. We've been on the right side of things. A couple weeks ago, I gave you them to cover against the Jets. This past week, I gave you them uh, to lose to the Lions. That was my big play of this past week. I feel like you can almost gauge who to take in these Vikings games by thinking about where the public's going to be. The fact this is a weird line again, it feels like the Sharps are going to be on the Colts plus four. Uh, they're, They're trying to get some action on the Colts, but the Vikings are a different team at home. I've said this a million times. At home, the Vikings feel more trustworthy to me. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a guy who I'm much more keen to bet on if he's at home. When he's on the road, he sort of turns into a pumpkin before our eyes. Uh, give me the Vikings here, minus four. I know this is sort of a weird over-under, 47. I don't love the over or under here, but if I did have a second pick in this game, I'd like to go with the under because I think that if this is a close game where the Vikings are not going to cover by seven or or 10 points uh, and Vegas obviously projects it as a relatively tight game. If that's the case, it's going to be because the Vikings are struggling against a Colt secondary that has been pretty staunch this whole season. They've contained teams. They, they struggle on offense. We know that. But the Vikings don't seem to be a team that's going to take advantage of that scoring on defense or making Matt Ryan's life miserable. So I love the under here. Uh, if you bet it under 47, you're getting a little bit juice on the under. But give me the under here. And more importantly, give me the Vikings minus four. That's going to be one of my big plays this week as well. But under and Vikings minus four. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are two and a half point favorites here. Uh, The over-under in this game set at 39 and a half. First off, looking at this line, this two and a half point line, this low, disgusting over-under, we could see another game from the uh, Ravens' third-string quarterback here uh, with Hunley getting hurt, and I don't know what Lamar Jackson's status is going to be ahead of this game. We're going to have a third-string quarterback potentially against Deshaun Watson, who looks like a guy who's taken off two years from playing football. He's struggling to sustain drives. He's struggling to even replicate what Jacoby Brissett was able to do with this Browns offense. This Browns offense is not fun to watch right now. They're not sustaining drives. They can't really run the ball with Deshaun Watson. It seems like teams have sort of flipped the switch on them and are trying to make Watson beat them. He made some nice throws, honestly, this past week. It just wasn't working out for them. It wasn't 
super consistent. They really weren't competitive in that Bengals game. For most of the game, it felt like they were playing catch-up, and they just couldn't really get to within that one score. Obviously, at halftime, it was relatively close, but it was just ugly from the second half on. I don't love betting on the Browns here. If I had a lean on the straight-up spread, it would be the Browns minus 2.5, just because I don't feel confident betting on the Ravens with a third-string quarterback. That bit us in the in the behind this past week because the Ravens ultimately uh, cover and win outright against the Steelers team uh, that lost Kenny Pickett. Uh, now they lose their starting quarterback as well with, with Hunley, uh, and they end up winning that game outright, and the Steelers really struggle to even stay within that game until like three minutes left in the fourth quarter. The, the Ravens were up two scores uh, with a third-string quarterback. So maybe this Ravens offense is, is able to take care of business, win a game. They're 9-4. and four, They're well-coached. We, we know what to expect from this Ravens team, but give me the Browns minus two here. More likely, I'm not going to put too much on that one. I'm going to tease this game. This feels like a prime teaser candidate. The two and a half point uh, line for the Ravens over under below 49. It's a low over under, so the points matter more. Keep this in mind as we go through our big picks, but I love a little Saturday teaser here maybe with the Ravens. Next up, our final Saturday game. Exciting AFC East matchup. Miami Dolphins on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Over-under in this game set at 40. The Bills are seven-point favorites at home. They are keen to get revenge against a Dolphins team that they probably feel like stole a victory from them uh, in Miami earlier this season. The Bills had every opportunity to win that game, to get stopped near the goal line. Uh, Ultimately, the Dolphins pulled that one out. Now the Dolphins are kind of in a tailspin. Tua doesn't look like the guy he was the first couple months of the season. He's missing throws. This past week, he put on a putrid performance uh, on Sunday Night Football. The guy just could not complete a pass down the field. He was like 10 of 28 or something. His completion percentage was all over the place. Feels like maybe the Steelers a few weeks ago figured something out with this Dolphins team in terms of making it difficult for Tua. Obviously, the Steelers are maybe not good enough to make it matter, but other teams uh, have stolen something with how they defend the Dolphins that is kind of working on stifling Tua. That happens a lot. You'll see a few years ago when the Steelers were like 11-1 and or 12-0, and they played the Washington Commanders, or maybe it was the um, it was the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens sort of figured something out with how to defend that Steelers team. They They pressed everyone up at the line, and the rest of the season was just gross because everyone stole that Ravens game plan against the Steelers, and every game was just a mucked-up mess for them. So we could be seeing something similar. I like Mike McDaniels, the coach of the Dolphins. I could see him trying to pivot away. But the Bills' offense has not looked great these past couple weeks. Uh, They're looking for a get-right game against a divisional opponent. They're looking to cement themselves as the team to beat in this division. Josh Allen hasn't been sharp. Uh, He seems to have fallen out of the MVP discussion a little bit. Would not be surprised to see the Bills try to stick it to the Dolphins here, uh, try to run up the score, try to score 40 points, something like that. Uh, the over-under seems really low here. I know that could be really cold in Buffalo, so maybe that's why the, the weather is sort of playing a factor here. But I love the Bills minus seven. I'm going to do a two-team Saturday teaser with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm going to tease that seven points down to one. I'm going to tease them with the Ravens plus eight and a half and give you a little Saturday teaser. Have a little fun. Have a little action before the Sunday game start. So that's the Ravens plus eight and a half and the Bills minus one. I love it. I love the opportunity here for the Bills to take care of business at home and for the Ravens to cover in a tight divisional game. Probably won't feel great betting on a third string quarterback potentially with the Ravens, but feels like a fun Saturday teaser. The Bills minus one and the Ravens plus eight and a half. Next up to the Sunday slate, we get six games in the one o'clock window. I don't love that. I don't love the six games in the early slate. It feels like they're kind of 
I don't know. It, it feels a little overwrought uh, when, when they mix these games up, put three on Saturday, have a Thursday game. The Sunday early slate typically feels weaker, weaker to me, um, and we're seeing that a little bit here. First off, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Houston Texans. Uh, the Chiefs are 14-point favorites here. Over-under in this game set at 47 and a half. Uh, the Chiefs on the road here against a Texans team that looked pretty frisky the last couple weeks. Uh, I know that the Dolphins scored 30 points with relative ease against the Texans in the first half, but in that second half, the Texans fought back pretty tough, uh, ultimately bringing that to a one and a half score game uh, at the end there. And ultimately the Dolphins starters almost had to come back in the game because they were blowing the, the game against the Texans team. Then this past week, the Texans are 17 and a half point favorites against their Texas rivals, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and they should have won that game. The Cowboys had to drive 98 yards with just a few minutes left in the game to come back and win it. But the Texans are frisky at this point. We don't know who's going to be a quarterback for them. Jeff Driscoll, uh, Davis Mills, it, it's a rotating door there. I've said this every week. Uh, this team's losing on purpose. Uh, that was just cemented in my mind last week when they allowed the, the Cowboys to come back all the way down at the end and, and win that game. Uh, as much as you can be losing on purpose in the NFL, because these guys are fighting for their uh, career lives at all times, uh, the, the Texans are doing it. They are not competitive. They, they want the number one overall pick. They want a top quarterback in next year's draft. Feels like a prime rollover spot for them. They may have uh, done all they could against the Cowboys. Now they got a Chiefs team that Threw three interceptions this past week. Mahomes threw three interceptions. Uh, he wants to pad those stats for that MVP campaign. He wants that MVP. I know it. I know that the Chiefs want to get him that MVP. So feels like a game where the Chiefs get up early and just drive home the point. Uh, give me the Chiefs minus 14 here. Uh, love that play. Probably don't want to watch much of this game because it's going to be a bit of a blowout. Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles on the road against the Chicago Bears. Bears coming off a bye. Eagles coming off a whooping of the New York Giants. It was just not competitive from front to back. The Eagles could not be stopped. I told you guys last week that it would be a tall task to ask the Giants to contain this Eagles passing attack, this Eagles rushing attack. And fortunately, they, they did neither. They didn't contain either the rushing attack or the passing attack. Uh, it was pretty uncompetitive that game. The Eagles scored a lot of points, and it was just, yeah, the, the starters were off the field by the end of the game, man. It was, it was ugly for the Giants there. Now the Eagles are... Nine-point favorites on the road against Chicago. Uh, the Chicago Bears Community College defense is coming back off a bye. Uh, Justin Fields gets some time to uh, recover from his various injuries. Nine points seems like a lot of points for a Bears team that has been relatively frisky this year. The problem is that the Eagles are one of the few teams this year at 12-1 and one that are really just taking care of business when it comes to the spread. They do not lose when it comes to the spread. I gave Nick Sirianni our coverage king last week, but man, he deserves it. All this team does is take care of business when it comes to the spread. The over-under in this game set at 49. Uh, with the Bears coming off a bye, with Justin Fields getting healthy, uh, and with the idea that the Eagles can't cover every game, right? They can't do it. It makes no sense. At a certain point, they have to not cover a game. So I want to take the Bears plus nine here. I don't feel super good about it. It's not going to be one of my bigger plays, but I think that Justin Fields and that offense with Chase Claypool at receiver, I'm, I'm sort of talking myself out of it as I, as I say it, uh, can keep this game relatively close, even if we get a little backdoor cover action with the Bears coming through in the second half, scoring some meaningless points. Justin Fields breaks off one or two major touchdown runs, uh, and all of a sudden the, the Bears are losing by, you know, eight points. If they can cover this nine, if they can get it up to nine and a half, I'd like that. Uh, but I like the Bears here at home, uh, even though they don't really have a defense uh, and even though the Eagles are a dominant force right now. So give me the Bears plus nine. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road at the Carolina Panthers. 
Uh, the over-under in this game set at 38 and a half. Oh, boy. Uh, the Panthers are two and a half point favorites. The Steelers need to play spoiler here. Uh, I don't know if Kenny Pickett will be back. If he's not back, then it's going to be ugly. Mitch Trubisky is not very good. Threw a lot of interceptions this past week. Uh, I actually enjoy watching him play more when he when he's coming off the bench because he actually lets it loose. He plays too scared when he's actually serving as a starter. But, man, I would love to see the Steelers spoil a Carolina Panthers team that all of a sudden looks like they can make a run at the playoffs here. They need to win out, obviously, but they control their own destiny when it comes to making the playoffs. It seems playing hard for Steve Wilkes. Uh, Sam Darnold is still Sam Darnold, but... This week, that meant he was running for plays all down the field. He was making some big athletic runs and making you say to yourself, I didn't realize Sam Darnold can move like that, but he can. He's a good runner. He made some pretty impressive throws, uh, but now seems about the time we're about three or four weeks in the Sam Darnold experience where Sam Darnold turns into a pumpkin. He fumbles four times and two of those get returned for touchdowns. So give me the Steelers here plus two and a half. Love them in a tease. They're going to be a prime teaser candidate team. I'm probably going to take them money line straight up uh, because I don't think the Panthers team is very good whatsoever. And the Steelers are fighting to maintain Mike Tomlin's over 500 or, or at least 500 record streak he's never had a Steelers team go below 500 since taking over as coach listen it may happen this year probably will happen this year but it's not going to happen against the Carolina Panthers so give me the Steelers plus two and a half here they're a prime teaser candidate Uh, give me them on the money line as well that's going to be one of my bigger plays this week as well next up the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints the over-under in this game set at 42 and a half. We see a low over-under. Uh, we're thinking teaser. I'm thinking teaser. Uh, Falcons are three and a half point underdogs. So the Saints are three and a half point favorites at home here. Uh, the Falcons and the Saints, I believe, are both coming off a bye this past week. So many teams were off this week. It was bizarre. For week 14, what are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? Big week in fantasy. Hey, the league's not playing. Give me a break. Uh, this is a loser leaves town match. Uh, the Falcons are still technically in contention for the AFC South because everyone else sucks. Despite that, we're seeing Mariota bench this week. We're going to see uh, the rookie Desmond Ritter making his debut start. Feels like the Falcons have given up on the season uh, with good reason. I think that this is a team in rebuild. I think it's been fun to see what Arthur Smith can do with this roster. Uh, He seems to be a guy who constantly overachieves with the talent he's been provided with. But at this point, they need to pivot to next year. They need to see what they have in Desmond Ritter to see whether they need to draft another quarterback this coming season. So this game feels to me like it's going to be a mess. Uh, The Saints are probably already out of it. At 4-9, and I don't know the, the path to get there. But the NFC is so bad that they could potentially, I don't know, they could maybe win their division still. It's bizarre. Just an ugly, ugly division. I don't really want to think much about these teams. The Saints are terrible. Uh, the Falcons are terrible. This was a strong contender to me for the sicko game of the week. I, I think I mentioned the line here is three and a half. But give me the Falcons here, plus three and a half. Even with Desmond Ritter, feels like an unknown quantity. But I just want to have some fun. I want to bet on the on the rookie in his first start. I may feel like an idiot in the second quarter if he throws two interceptions, one of them for a touchdown. Uh, this is a professional football defense that, that the Saints are running out there. But Desmond Ritter versus Andy Dalton doesn't exactly inspire confidence, doesn't exactly inspire me to want to watch this game. Uh, but give me the Falcons, plus three and a half here. Dallas Cowboys at the Jacksonville Jaguars is next up on our slate. The Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. The Jaguars are four and a half point underdogs, obviously. The total in this game set at 46 and a half. This is a weird line. This line's probably going to climb into the Vegas zone at five and a half, I would think, uh, as we get closer to game time. I've already seen some places climbing, climbing near five. Um, But 
I love the Cowboys here. Part of that is that, as I said last week, the Jaguars are so up and down. Week to week, we don't know what to expect from them. Everyone, after this past week where Trevor Lawrence looks like a superstar, where the Jaguars offense is clicking it on all cylinders, everyone wants to now say, okay, they, they figured something out. They, they flipped a switch here. But... Uh, now they play a defense that has just pulverized quarterbacks. Every week they're pulverizing quarterbacks. I know that the Cowboys struggled this past week. They had a lot of injuries to their secondary. They weren't what we've come to expect of that defense. And they kept a pretty putrid Texans team in that game. They allowed the Texans to run all over them. The Jaguars aren't very good at running the ball. ETN is not exactly a Derrick Henry. And without that ability to run the ball, feels like the Jaguars are going to struggle to move it because if the Cowboys are allowed to just pin their ears back and come after your quarterback, that's when they're at their best. That's where they're forcing turnovers. That's where they're getting to the quarterback and just knocking guys around. Teams that are able to run the ball, to move the ball on the ground between the tackles, those are the teams that the Cowboys struggle with. And right now, that's not Jacksonville. Jacksonville, the moment you believe in them, they, they let you down. Feels like a prime letdown spot for me. Give me the Cowboys here, minus four and a half. Uh, this defense may score a touchdown this week. Feels like a get-right game for the Cowboys defense. Next up, the final game in our one o'clock window, the Detroit Lions on the road at the New York Jets. This is a big matchup. Maybe the best and most exciting matchup of the week. Both teams need this game to stay in playoff contention. Loser leaves town matchup. The Jets are one-point favorites at home here. Over-under in this game set at 46.5. Must win. Both teams. The Lions looked incredible uh, offensively. Jared Goff looks like a top-10 quarterback at this point. Very happy for Lions fans. One of those rare trades in this league that actually worked out for both parties. The Rams get their Super Bowl. The Lions get maybe more than a bridge quarterback at Jared Goff, a guy who's playing an, an extremely high level. Uh, the Jets, their quarterback, Mike White, extremely impressive performances past week, taking some of the most gnarly hits I've ever seen uh, at the quarterback position and just coming back in the game constantly, constantly, constantly. Now, uh, the Jets need one. They need this one at home. The Lions are another one of those teams that I feel like at the moment you buy into them, they come and they, and they disappoint you. And as much as it pains me to say I'm not going to be taking Dan Campbell, my coverage king, my, my prince, I think this is a game that the Jets have to win, will win at home, uh, taking care of business with that minus one. I'm going to stay away from the Lions here because, like I said, the Jets' defense is just they're, they're dominant. They're front to back. Uh, their secondary is incredibly impressive. Feels like a game where Jared Goff may actually struggle a bit to move the ball down the field. And if you can contain this, this Lions offense, which is a crazy sentence to say, uh, their defense is pretty bad. It's, it's really bad. Not, not a good unit. Not a good unit. So uh, I expect this game to be interesting. I think the best game in that 1 o'clock window. But I want the Jets here. Minus one on the money line. Give me the Jets. This brings us to our sicko game of the week. It's not a dress, it's a kilt! Sicko! Our sicko game of the week this week is the Arizona Cardinals at the Denver Broncos. The Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. Uh, the over-under in this game, not out yet because Russell Wilson, we don't know where he's going to be either way. Uh, looks like he's probably going to miss time. Not many guys we've seen get concussed in one game, come back the next week. Uh, just feels like post-Tua in this post-Tua world, if you're knocked out with a concussion one week, you're at least missing the next week at the very least. So without Russell Wilson, with Kyler Murray and this Cliff Kingsbury offense, as is, this is not going to be a fun game to watch. This is not going to be a game that I want to think about. It's going to be ugly offensively. My God, the Broncos are... They showed some life, right, offensively this past week. But without Russ, oh, it's going to be gross. It's going to be not a fun game to watch. And 
frankly, what the Cardinals are doing offensively is not very much more exciting than what Nathaniel Hackett and this lame duck uh, Broncos coaching staff are doing. So doesn't exactly inspire viewing pleasure. Uh, stay away from this game. If you're watching it, you have to sit back and just acknowledge the fact you were a sicko. You're a football sicko, and I love you, and I love you for it. But give me the Cardinals here, minus two and a half, and I'd like to never think about this game ever again. Next up, the New England Patriots on the road at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are one-point favorites here. Uh, the Patriots have not played as of the time of this recording on Monday Night Football against the Cardinals, but uh, the over-under here set at 44 and a half. The Raiders are gifted. They are gifted to losing football games. It is their, their one true gift. Josh McDaniels is incredibly good at it. Um, losing games that they should win. All season, they've been in a position to, to close out games, and they just choke, choke, choke it away. Uh, Bill Belichick and this Patriots team, it's weird. They're sort of operating at this base level of competency where they're not quite terrible, but they're not quite good. Uh, watching them play offense, that's certainly pretty terrible, let me tell you. Uh, the Raiders, on the other hand, at times seem to forget that they have Devontae Adams. At times seem to not understand how to move away from Josh Jacobs. Uh, historically, they've been a team that has been reticent to rely on Josh Jacobs. Now they're maybe relying on him a little bit too much, giving him 30 carries basically every game and uh, not getting the ball to Devontae Adams nearly enough. I don't know what to make of either of these teams. Hard to trust the Raiders here. Hard to trust them at all, actually. Uh, but give me the Raiders minus one. I just don't like this Patriots team, and I like to bet on former Belichick assistants to beat him uh, in, in the season after they leave him. This guy got beat by Matt Patricia. But let's, let's we forget. Uh, weird stuff happens with, with the Patriots and their former assistants. Uh, so I love McDaniels, at least here, in this one very particular instance, and I love the Raiders minus one at home. This brings us to this week's Coverage King. Hey, yo, lesson here, baby. You come at the king, you best not miss. When the weather gets chilly, you do not want to bet against Joe Burr. His coach may be a space cadet, but this team, this man, is a major pain to bet against come November, come December, come January. All he does is cover games. All he does is take care of business on offense, lead his team to victories that they have no, no business doing. That Browns game this past week was not even really competitive. The The Bengals are operating at an extremely high level. I think that if they didn't basically spend the first month and a half of every season looking terrible or mediocre at best, that we would be considering them among the best teams in the AFC. We'd be talking about them like we're talking about the Chiefs, like we're talking about the Bills, because this is a team that, that won the AFC last year. Nothing to see is about. They brought back basically their entire offense. Their offensive line is even better this year. So at this point, I'm struggling to think why the Bengals are, are viewed as not on the level with some of the real AFC contenders we, we constantly talk about. The Bengals are on the road this week at the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bengals are minus three and a half. Uh, the overrunner in this game set at 42. I'm taking the Bengals minus three and a half here. I love the Bengals in this spot. The Bengals are operating at their best come the weather getting cold, come November, come December. Uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks are dead in the water. I've said it all season. Bad juju around that team. Bad vibes. I want nothing to do with them. Give me the Bengals here. Minus three and a half. Next up, the Tennessee Titans on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers coming off uh, a big win in the quarterback bowl between Tua and Justin Herbert. People were saying Justin Herbert's not good. He's overrated. Uh, people were saying Tua's a lot better than him. A lot, a lot of people I know in my life. And uh, I think this game definitively proved that that's, that's not the case. That being said, my God, watching this game, how, how can you not just think that 
why is everything so hard for this Chargers team? Everything constantly looks so difficult. They have Justin Herbert, a guy who can throw the ball a mile, throw it to the moon and back, and he has to constantly play Superman. I do not want to bet on this Chargers team ever until they, they figure out a way to make things look easier offensively. You have a freak show talent at quarterback. You have to do everything in your power to make things easy for him, make the game better. Just do a better job, Joe Lombardi. Do a better job, Brandon Staley. Figure it out, Chargers. Uh, the Titans, they are bad. I'm just writing them off. I know they may win the AFC South, but I don't want to think about this team. They're, they're going to their first weekend, Super Wild Card weekend, uh, blowout waiting to happen. They are two and a half point underdogs in this game on the road. Over under in this game set at 46 and a half. It's an unstoppable force meets an immovable object here. Not keen on betting on the Titans, but I'm very keen on betting against the Chargers at every opportunity. So this feels like a prime teaser candidate to me uh, with a low over under there. Titans feel like a team that defensively should keep up with the Chargers. So give me the Titans plus two and a half. Probably going to tease that one up. Next up, Sunday Night Football. Major, major matchup in the NFC East. New York Giants. At the Washington Commanders, uh, over-under in this game set at 39.5. The Commanders are 4.5-point favorites at home. Uh, The Giants just feel toast. They feel like it's over. Uh, They are turning into a pumpkin before our eyes. I was a little bit too early, guys, on betting against them every week because they kept kept (laughs) just dominating every time we faded them. But now it feels like they're finally sort of seeing what what, what they are, really. They're, They're a team that has no wide receiver talent. They struggle offensively. Defensively, they were overachieving tremendously to start the season they're a well-coached roster that overachieved to begin the year but now we're getting into December uh, we're getting near playoff time and they don't belong anywhere near the playoffs so give me the commanders here minus four and a half uh, and just send this Giants team peacefully off into the night I want nothing to do with them anymore stop 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 finally Monday night football Last game of the week, the Los Angeles Rams, suddenly an exciting Rams team on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, The Packers are seven and a half point favorites. The over-under in this game set at 40 and a half. Baker Mayfield breathing a little life into this Rams season that has looked so dire the entire way, basically. They've been finding guys off the street to play offensive line. Uh, They recently got their first two games consecutively of the season with the same offensive line pairing, which is an insane statistic. Uh, They obviously lose. Matt Stafford for the year with a spinal contusion. I don't know if he's coming back ever, and I'm, I'm sad to say that. I'm sad to even think about that, but at this time, it feels like a good opportunity to see what you have in Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield leads this incredible comeback on Thursday night football. Now they, they're coming back off one of those mini buys, Packers coming off a real buy. Seven and a half points feels like a lot for a Packers team that has looked basically terrible for most of the year. Uh, this should be a fun game, should be an exciting end to the week. I like the Rams plus seven and a half here. Uh, feels like maybe they found a little bit of friskiness, at least defensively and offensively with Baker Mayfield. Uh, this defense was not rolling over even a few weeks ago. They still have some stars. They still have some high level players on that defense, even without Aaron Donald. So give me the Rams plus seven and a half here on Monday night football. My first pick of the week is the Seahawks plus three and a half and on the money line on Thursday night football. As everyone who listens to the show knows, I don't love to bet Thursday night football. Weird stuff happens, but this is a prime spot for the Seahawks. They need this game. They need to win it. I'm fading Brock Purdy. Uh, I believe in the Seahawks. I believe in Geno Smith and I believe in Pete Carroll. So give me the Seahawks plus three and a half and money line on Thursday night football. Next up, I want the Bengals minus three and a half against a Tom Brady team that is just in shambles. They're, they're, they're crumbling. Uh, when it gets cold, don't bet against Joe Burr, and I'm not doing it here. Give me the Bengals minus three and a half. Then I gave you guys a Saturday teaser plus eight and a half on the Ravens uh, against the Browns. Then the Bills tease down to minus one 
at home against the Dolphins team. Love that Saturday teaser there. Then finally, here's my Sunday teaser for you guys. Give me the Steelers teased up to eight and a half against a Panthers team that is overachieving at every opportunity. And the Titans teased up to eight and a half against a Chargers team that is just dumb and bad. I want nothing to do with the Chargers. I want to fade Brandon Staley at every opportunity until he's out of a job. So give me the Steelers and Titans both teased up to eight and a half on the Sunday tease. Thanks as always for listening. I will be back next week. Until then, I will talk to you guys soon.